Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from a Podgo. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at p-o-d-g-o dot c-o. And be sure to add our podcast in the how did you hear about podgo section of the application. What's up, bookworms? It's your host, Stevie. What's up, guys? It's MJ. Hope everybody's having a lovely Thursday. Uh, technically, it is Tuesday. Have a lovely Tuesday. I forgot. <laughs> um, I hope everybody has a great Tuesday. Um, okay, so what did I do Tuesday? Um, I I don't even fucking remember. Why are they talking about? <laughs> I know, right? I don't even. Okay, oh, this is why. Is because we recorded our intro. We're recording our intro now. We recorded our episode on Tuesday. Yeah, we record the episode on Tuesday. We're recording our intro on a Thursday. Don't ask why we're doing that. We just are. Um, And so I don't remember what I was doing on Tuesday, but I'm going to tell you what I did on a Thursday on today. I went and got me packing for vacation, guys. I'm, huh? I said you're packing for vacation. I'm packing for vacation and getting right. Well, I guess it's not really a vacation. It's a retreat. I'm going on a retreat, a mental health retreat. With one of my really close friends and I'm my flight leaves at like 6 p.m so I had to get the work in and I had to get on here and podcast it up with Stevie but uh Stevie what's going on in the book world for you not much our uh our guest uh is releasing a book today and that is nothing but love very exciting very exciting I'm so excited about this book everybody should go read it um when you're hearing this it will already be out so go buy it um i think that's about it for me uh um if you don't know we have a patreon make sure you guys go check that out we have a bunch of cool deals and tiers and all kinds of cool things that you guys could go check out if you don't want to be a part of the patreon or you can't be a part of the patreon no big deal leave us a review or a like or you know follow us on your favorite podcast listening device thingy and then tell people about us we're trying to be up all up in people's cars on the way home from work (laughs) we're trying to be up in your house when you're cleaning oh i mean yeah that too but i'm trying to be all up in people's i'm trying to be all up in your car speaker telling you about hot ass bookshelf boyfriends on your way home from work listen let me set the scene for you you had a rough day at work that that bitch that bitch is that bitch brit i don't i don't want to like say a name because then i feel like (laughs) that that lady that b-i-t-c-h that you hate working with not gonna leave we're gonna leave a name undisclosed lady x has been up your ass all day shit day at work you know like worst day you could possibly ever have everything that could go wrong went wrong that day you get in the car okay you get in the car you're excited to go home got like a 30 minute drive home you're looking on your phone for some music don't want to listen to some music you see a podcast bookshelf boyfriends what's this you select it and you listen to me and stevie bullshit it with some of your favorite indie authors ever and we get to deep dive into all these cool conversations who doesn't want to do that listen and then your day went from a zero to a hero so i'm just saying 
I feel like I'm telling people when like that needs to be a clip. (laughs) Oh, that's gonna be a clip, all right. That needs to be a clip. Um, but yeah, so other than that, yeah, that's about it. But uh, do you want me to go ahead and read the intro for the lovely lady? Well, first, I would like to give a heads up that we are releasing an episode next week that MJ will not be here for. Oh, yeah, I won't be here for that one. I'm gonna be away for like a week because I'm doing a mental health retreat. Um, <laughs> and so I won't be on the podcast. But, but it's okay. I'm but, doing what Stevie did to me the other day. But I will have an amazing guest co-host for an episode. Which one is it? Which one is what? <laughs> which one did, are you? Go, which one is doing it? Because it's between like two people. No, one person's doing it. It was always one person. Cat. Okay, Cat. joining me for an episode, and it's going to be a lot of fun because Cat and I like to do Basically, what Stevie's trying to say is if when she kicks me on the pop the podcast, this is who your other, this is who your new host will be. It'll be fucking Cat, bro. For some odd reason, MJ thinks I'm going to replace her all the time, and I'm not really quite sure where she got that from. I have confidence issues sometimes. That's why. But I'm going to tell you. No, we're going to go here for a minute because I get a text message. <laughs> the other night, Wednesday, because I feel like you don't love me anymore. <laughs> I was being, I was having an insecure moment. Okay, leave me alone. And she's like, I have, I have separation issues. I do. I have insecurity problems. Just you, you're just. And I was like, why would you even think that I would not love you anymore? <laughs> it's just a bad time for me. Okay. And I was dying. In the meantime. Like, this is all after she was live with Liza, and I'm like, maybe I should be the one with issues. Oh, my God. Oh, Liza. I love her. <laughs> because I got a text message, too, from Kat that said, I guess Liza found a new best friend. <laughs> oh, my God. No, we just like doing lives together. We do, like, sex ed with Liza and MJ. Well, which is really funny because Kat and I like doing lives together, <laughs> I know. So don't even come at me. But and that's what I was telling her. I was like, I was like, well, technically you and I like doing lives together. Bunch of hoes. All right. I'm going to go ahead and read the intro for the author that we'll be interviewing today. And then we're going to hop right on into it. <clears throat> Stevie, are you ready? Yes. Samantha Lind is a contemporary romance author. Having spent the first 27 years of her life in Alaska, she now calls Iowa home, where she lives with her husband and two sons. She enjoys spending time with her family, traveling, reading, watching hockey, go Knights go, and listening to country music. You can connect with Samantha on her website at www.samanthalind.com. Also, I just want to let everybody know that I read go Knights go in her bio, not because I wanted to say that. (laughs) Well, it's a good thing because, uh, Tampa Bay Lightning won the. Don't don't talk about it. Cut. Miss Candy Steiner is so excited. I don't care. We're going on. And on that note, we shall let's hop right on over and talk to Miss Samantha Land. Thank you so much for joining us, Samantha Land, to the Bookshelf Boyfriends podcast. We are so excited to have you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, how are you? It's a Tuesday. How is the weather where you're at? How are things? Um, things are good. I just got home from vacation, so I'm still in like breakout oh. mode, like trying to get everything put back together. And of course, I have a release this week, so it's like um, kind of 
chaotic and hectic and making sure that all retailers have the right file and everything. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, otherwise I'm doing really well. So thank you. Release week, I feel like is just like me running around with a chicken, like a chicken with my head cut off, honestly. Like I genuinely feel like that's what it's like. I have no sense of organization or anything. I'm just trying to. Hence why I'm her PA. Yes. Yeah. Her PA is my godsend. Um, I actually, a few, well, I've always done pre-orders, but I used to always just do like the minimum few days that Amazon requires because the thought of a live release just makes me want to break out in hives. Like yeah. the thought of like constantly sitting there and hitting refresh. Um, just, and you know, cause you never know, like they say it can take up to 72 hours and yeah. And what happens if you've booked all your promo and you have no live books? So I've always done a pre-order, but my publicist convinced me last fall, winter time, to start doing long pre-orders, and I love them. Um, yeah. And I just upload everything once it's ready, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh hey, it's release week. But it's like, okay, but this one was a little different because I was on vacation, so I was trying to like get things done while I was on vacation and. Where were you on vacation? Where were you enjoying your life at? So we, my mom lives, well, some winters in Vegas. Um, so oh. we went to her house. She has a nice big house with a pool. And my kids actually spent the entire month of June there. So they went out a couple weeks before my husband and I did. And then um, we met up with one of my sister-in-laws and her family. And we then Love ventured and went to the beach for a couple of days, which was kind of interesting because even though it was like, 70 something in California we had been in Vegas when it was like 110 so when we got to California it actually kind of felt a little cold oh my like god there on the beach with a sweatshirt because it was like 30 degrees colder but um I mean you're a child I want to spend a I want to spend a month in Vegas <laughs> right? yeah especially at grandma's house my husband jokes at my mom's house he calls it the compound because it's this beautiful house that has like an, an amazing backyard and a pool and putting green and a basketball court and does like, your grandma need like a does your mom need like a maid or you know uh uh somebody to trim the lawn I mean I'll I do anything right? I know it's amazing there so we actually funny story we got stuck there we had gone there for spring break last year and then COVID shut you know everything down and so we oh, were yeah. there um, and, but it was kind of nice because we had our own little oasis and still got to enjoy the, the nice weather. And the I, was, and just I, was, so. I was freaking trapped in Vegas on, in, during COVID with a pool in the backyard. All I got was a bunch of rednecks trying to shoot off fireworks in my backyard. Yeah. Well, <laughs> we, ended up, we got stuck there. So our flights kept getting canceled and trying to come home. So we live in Iowa. Yeah, we ended up having to drive all that distance home, um, and it's like 24 hours of if you don't stop, you know, just drive time. And we did it over two days. It was a long drive, but we had to get back because my husband had to go back to work. But um, so yeah, so we were we were ready to get out of the car when that ended. But I mean, it was a good place to be, kind of isolated and stranded. I mean, I love a good road trip though. I love a good road trip, so I mean, I like them. Anyways, okay, so moving on from vacation war stories and me wanting to try and work for your mom, um, <laughs> you, um, we're going to jump right on into uh, reading questions with you, and I'm going to let Stevie take the reins on this one, and uh, I'm going to, because I talk a lot on this podcast. <laughs> no problem. Hey, 
And uh, yeah, and I think people get tired of hearing me talk. So, because I get tired of hearing myself. So, Stevie, take it away. I've read the book, so I can actually yeah. <laughs> hold really long conversations about this. Um, we're going to start with Lyrics and Love first because this is actually one of my favorite series by you. Oh, thank you. Um, I want to know what the inspiration was by using the lyrics for the um, titles of the books. So, um, obviously, it started with Marry Me, which was inspired by Thomas Rhett's song, Marry Me. Oh, I thought we were going to do ours with that. Um, I had watched um, some little, like, behind-the-scenes video that he did about that song. And one of the, it, it just kind of resonated with me. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's one of those things I'd heard the song tons of times. It was super popular on the radio. I was driving and literally by the time it took me to get from my kid's hockey practice home, so 20 minutes at the most, I had this entire story just ready to come out. Like I was on deadline for a different book and I had to stop writing that so I could write the first like two chapters of Marry Me because it just flowed. And I literally did it sitting on the exercise bike at the gym. Like that's oh, I how that. it just, I just had to get it out. Um, and then that was kind of, I was like, well, that's so neat. I, I, I love series, but I liked the idea of doing this series where they're not interconnected. They are true standalones because some, I had a blogger ask me, well, when I released the second book, she was like, I went back and I was like, I was trying to figure out like what characters you were going to give a second. And she was like, I didn't realize that they were complete standalones. So I truly kind of just let the music, the lyrics of those songs, like tell the story. I watched the music videos a lot and because if you ever watch music videos, some of them, I think, do a really good job of telling more of the story than what they can put in the lyrics. Yeah. And that yeah. was very much so with Marry Me. So one of the things that resonated and I thought was interesting about Marry Me in this, like, behind the scenes that Thomas Rhett did was when a um, musician releases, like, the titles that are going to be on their CDs, they will do that without releasing much information because that, you know, it starts to build that buzz, right? It's kind of yeah. like an author releasing teasers. And he said, so they released that and everyone saw this song called Marry Me and they immediately thought it was going to be like the wedding song. And he said he kind of just sat there kind of laughing because really it's not about people getting, you know, it's about this guy showing up at this girl's wedding and he and thought it was, he would always be the groom, but yeah, yeah, he wasn't the groom. And so I really fed off of that and that was, that's a fairly, in my opinion, a fairly strong scene in the book of, you know, that kind of how it all starts, right? They, he's at the wedding reception or at the, you know, the, the um, rehearsal and then the wedding and stuff. But yeah, she also, of course, has these big, like strong feelings because she's always, you know, been in love with Sam just as much as he was in love with Lauren. And then um, I, I don't know why, like, I just immediately knew his name was going to be Sam. But I kind of did Lauren because that's Thomas Rhett's wife's name. Like that was mm. kind of my oh yeah to them, and it just fit right. And I went back, you know, like in the music video, there's a lot of scenes um, where they're in the diner, and so that was kind of a pivotal part in the book, um, and things like that. So I, I really just fed off of those lyrics, off of that music video, and same thing kind of with Drunk Girl. I, if you watch the music video for Drunk Girl by Chris Jansen it tells this whole story without even listening to the lyrics, just the video portion of it. And so I kind of use that as my launching base of, you know, the, the lyrics have to truly speak to me in order to write an entire book because, you know, there's a few hundred 
words in the lyrics and I have to write, you know, 60,000 plus word book out yeah. of that. And so be, having enough to feed off of that, but it's amazing how like one little line can fuel an entire scene or, you know, oh yeah, chapters or whatnot. So, and that's like, that's so beautiful. Good. Yes. And, and of course, obviously, you know, by the songs that I've chosen so far and sure it's very obvious you know I, I like country music and but I think that and not that there's not other great genres of music and that I'm sure if I was to venture out I could find some that would speak to me and write a book but um but I just love like like I said the storytelling and those music videos really help um in getting that full picture of of you know, what the story was kind of trying to tell you need to listen because I feel like it could possibly inspire something for you. <laughs> I, need to, I need to, let me find the song real quick. I got to look it up. Here I am thinking like Worship You by Kane Brown would be a great one because the music video for that song is phenomenal. I love, so I love um, Thomas Rhett. And I and this, and let's just talk about the fact that the story, like him and his wife, they're living a real life happily ever after. Let's just get that right. Someone needs like, to write their book. <laughs> That's beautiful. They're beautiful. I love them. Hold up. Let me find it. It's called Break Up in a Small Town by Sam Hunt. Sam Hunt. Yes. It is so good. Anytime yes. I hear that song come on the radio, I'm like, oh, that's like my life. So Drunk Girl, one of my betas, actually, she sent me that one. She's like, you should write a book on this. And I had actually thought about it. And then I was like, oh, it's seemed but then I, you know, it was just one of those things that kind of just stayed in the back of my mind and I molded over, over time. And then, um, sorry, I heard a door opening. It's okay. <laughs> I was trying to, but it, <laughs> but, um, and it, it just, you know, took time and finally it came and, you know, just, I, I just, every once in a while I'd kind of go back and watch the music video. So it didn't come to me as quickly as Marry Me did. And that's fine. Like, but, um, and same thing then um, actually for Rumor Going Round, I heard the song like really early. It had not been on the airwaves very long. Yeah. And I remember I got home and I literally, I just remembered like one part of it and I just Googled it because it's like, I've got to find this song. And it was just that it wasn't like Marry Me where I had heard it, you know, hundreds of times. It was like that instant, I'm like, oh, this would make an amazing book. Yeah. And I it and I, that's it. That's, you know, that's my next one. Um, and then, and it's not just brand new songs. So um, in Rumor Going Around, they're secondary characters. And I got a lot of feedback right away from readers that they're like, we want, you know, this story. And so I actually wrote them as a, as a short story in an anthology, charity anthology that I was in. But as I was writing that, cause it was only like 10,000 word maximum. I'm like, oh, these people have, they just have so much more to say. And so, um, and that's you hate it when secondary characters still show, <laughs> you're like, yes. shut up. You are not supposed to be important. No. So they're going to get, they will get a full book late. That's my last release of 2021. Um, mm -hmm. so that'll be a new thing for me. I've never taken, it. Look, well, I, I don't write a lot of short stories. Um, but that'll be my first short story that I write that I then expand later. But I, I kind of tried to write it and I took lots of notes for where I want to expand and scenes that need to be expanded and all that kind of stuff. And I'm sure more will come to me when I'm finally working on that project. But um, but so those will be the first two books in that series that interconnect or kind of go together. So 
That's well, I'm excited because I know what couple you're talking about. Yes, yeah, <laughs> Alice and Emily. Um, I had to think there for a minute. Okay, what series, what, you know, so many names. I forget some of them sometimes. Um, and I'm the queen of accidentally using the same name over and over and over again. And my PA will be like, um, we already have four of those. How about we pick a different name? Story <laughs> of my life. Crap. Okay. <laughs> Guess my, my list isn't as up to date as I thought it was or whatever the case may be. Story of my life. Um, so we're going to go back to Drunk Girl for a second and talk about Nick and Ashley because I loved Drunk Girl. I think that's my second favorite because Rumor Going Round is my favorite. Um, did you know when you were writing this that Ashley was going to have a difficult past? Yes. So once again, it really went back to that music video and like, um, you know, and I kind of played into this with like the blurb, like, you know, in the lyrics, it talks about, you know, she's just kind of like down on her luck and she just kind of never has a, you know, like if it wasn't for bad luck, she wouldn't have luck at all. Kind of a yeah. thing. And, you know, in, in, in the music video, you know, she goes like far, you know, so there's like all the different stamps from the nightclubs and things like that. And, you know, we played that into the blurb and, you know, Nick was just kind of her, you know, her like perfect, per, you know, the perfect person to like lift her up and show her that life doesn't always have, you know, there are good guys in this world. There are guys that would, you know, drive the drunk girl home and not take advantage of her. Um, unfortunately, cause so many people that doesn't happen to. And so, and I really like, there's actually a, you know, a trigger warning on the music video because they depict, you know, that that doesn't always happen and stuff. And so that, I think when I really sat down and kind of focused on that video and really got that emotion, that's what really finally like sparked, like, okay, I am going to pick this song to um, write a book about. Um, and, you know, because the reality is, is not every book needs to have a perfect to, you know, perfect male lead, perfect female lead, because that's the reality. There are people that are just down on their luck. And just like there are people that, you know, there's a time and a place for billionaire books. So, you know, you kind of have to have, I think, having the like full gamut of characters within your books is realistic. And that's probably one of my biggest things is I want my books to be realistic. I want them, somebody to pick up and they could like insert themselves into that book um, easily and not, you know, yes, we use books as a way to escape, but I think some people also are looking for those connections of how they could fit into that character. And I think she was a very relatable character. Well, I think in order for people to kind of escape into a book, you need to be able to connect to a character. And I think by doing that, like making characters realistic is how you're able to do that so well is, you know, making it feel authentic and that this is something that could, I mean, yeah, I mean, the chances of you falling in love with a billionaire might not be very high, but the chances of you being somebody who had a dodgy past but found love is very high you know so I think I think I think I write realistic things too because I just think that even though we're trying to find an escape we all want to connect to somebody so yeah so now we're going to shift a little bit of gears because we're going to talk about this book actually I just had the cover up um nothing but love which comes out in what two days 
on Thursday. Yeah. So this will be out the day after it releases. And the day I'm yeah. on a plane. Yes, the day she's on a plane. <laughs> <laughs> um, <But anyway. laughs> I, tell, hey, if you need a book to read on the plane, why don't you buy this one? <laughs> I got it. I got it. I'm on it. Um, so I was fortunate enough to read the arc for this book. And it is one of the sweetest love stories that it was just, it was a, I loved Nathan Harper. Nathan and Harper were perfect. Um, Did anything in particular inspire this book? So this storyline is kind of, um, has has had its own little tale. So I wrote, um, I had pitched kind of, sort of the, some parts of this book to a publisher, Um, but it was set. Um, there were some parameters because it was part of, it was for a, um, a world. And so like, you know, I had to like go by their parameters. So it was set in a coffee shop in a remote town and um, things. And we went back and forth, but eventually they, we ended up, they'd ended up not selecting it in their final like selection of books. But I just loved the um, basics of it. And I just loved like who Harper was and who Nathan was. And so I was like, okay, well, I'll just write it on my own like you know um, I'm fine with that so I kind of put it on you know I I already had some other books that had to come before it so I thought okay it would be perfect beach read summer read what what whatnot and so then when I like pull it out and I really started diving in I was like okay well how about a bakery and actually one of the things that sparked the bakery um what was is I was talking to my PA and I was like I just had this idea that maybe we should do this like play on words with the title. I said, you know, kind of like how that, um, I don't know where you live, you have one, but there's this chain here that sells cakes and they're called Nothing Bunt Cake. And they sell cakes. And I said, wouldn't it be cute if we use something like that and like Nothing Bunt Love? And she was like, oh my goodness, that's perfect. And then of course my mind goes to, oh my goodness, that would be super easy to like makes like series titles like you know nothing but love nothing but forever like you could just yeah. keep on it and a bakery is so easy um I mean I did some interesting research research I had no idea how expensive like bakery ovens were until I started googling them oh, wow. <laughs> um but you know it was just an easy setting and then I really really love small town I love that like that community, you know, like, and, and the meddling, like, I, I love meddling grandmothers. Um, I have one in the series, and I knew that I had to have one in this series, um, especially ones that have no filter. Um, I don't, they're just so fun because they say some of the most offhanded things and they get away with it because nobody's the 90 year old grandmother, right? What's that? Do you have a meddling grandmother? right now it is not nearly as fun as the books make it okay because when you are growing up in a small town as moi did and your grandma knows who you went on a date with like two hours after you finished the date and it's calling you up and it's like i heard you done went out with billy bowjob thornton you know like whatever like what do you like and it's all up in my business (laughs) <laughs> like it's a lot funner in books I'm telling you right now they're crazy yeah. I've seen it and I'm sure it is but you know it's just fun because like who's going to correct the 90 year old that has some oh. offhand comment right exactly so um and then and I knew that his like Nathan's grandmother would be who like finally brought him home uh, because you know he left and 
there was really no, like, he just got so focused on his business, like first school and then business. And so it just kind of became like this thing where it was almost that like hindrance, like he had been gone so long that it was almost hard to make that step to go back. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, but of course she called him and was like, no, you're coming home for my 90th birthday. And that's all there is to it. So, and I, you know, and she of course knew that both him and, um, Harper had these feelings, but that nobody had ever played, you know, done any, and of course now they haven't seen each other in 10 years. So of course she, you know, was, I'm sure secretly hoping that, you know, he would come back and then they would fall for each other and it would be history and she would get what she wanted. Right. So, um, but yeah, so I love, I love writing little girls and I don't have girls. I only have boys, but I have lots of sisters. So I, I, but I just the sassiness of like, a three-year-old little girl in a book and then um grandmother so those are like my favorite side characters to have in the book. grandmas are so fun I say I say that meddling grandmas aren't no fun but I love my grandma she's she's a little and like you said like nobody's gonna correct her like I couldn't <laughs> like I couldn't be like grandma mind your damn business I'd right? have to be like grandma <laughs> I don't think I should be talking to you about it. and she's like you don't tell me right now how the date went I know his daddy. I'll ask his dad, daddy. And I'm like, Graham, I'm like, please stop. Just please, please. And like, oh my God. And in the worst thing about, oh my God, the worst times ever is when you'd go to church. Oh, never forget this. You go to church on like Sundays and there was like somebody that like my grandma went to school with and, you know, they had kids and she'd be introducing me to him and she's like, you know, I could like hear her and be like, I have a granddaughter. You just love her. She's just cute as a little peach. And I'm like, grandma, grandma, please stop playing bachelor bachelorette in church right now. <laughs> this yeah. See this grandma. It was just, oh God, she's just a mess. I love grandmas too though. They're great. Okay. So what was your favorite thing about writing Harper and Nathan's story? Um, I think. So because their worlds were so different by the time they, you know, reconnected and stuff, you know, he's this huge billionaire tech mogul, snaps his fingers and he has what he wants. So like that, right. I, I found that fun to like write things that he could do that would like shock her almost like, mm -hmm. you know, and the fact that like she, you know, had never been on an airplane and yet then, so her first time on an airplane is on a private jet, like. I mean, I'd love to fly on a private jet, you know, like, so I just, I mean, so I did a lot of Googling of like what the, you know, what a private jet could look like on the inside and watching, you know, videos from celebrities that, you know, posted videos on their Instagram and their, you know, all their different social channels and stuff. And like, just trying to make it elaborate and as real as I could without ever, ever having experienced some of the stuff that I had them do. So, um, and just also like, um, even though he was this, you know, big, huge, rich person, like how much she kind of brought him back down to reality. And, you know, like, you know, she, like that whole, like, well, you know, she still owned this business. She still like had to like live her life. But of course there's that, you know, tugging back and forth of, you know, how do you make this work when one lives in Tennessee and one lives in LA or in California, not in LA, but um, you know, that's, that's a lot of space between you. So, 
Um, and just that fun, like give and take and build up to, you know, finally making it work and figuring out how they're going to do stuff like that. So. I like that. Um, so if Nothing But Love was to be optioned to a movie or TV series, who would you cast as the roles? I was really thinking long and hard about this last night. Um, so I love um, Jennifer Goodwin. She Did you ever watch that movie um, called um, oh, Something Borrowed? It was based off of the book by Emily Giffen. Mm-hmm. That's my favorite movie of all time. It's my favorite movie of all time. Oh, it's mine too. I watched that movie so much. So she played the, the main character and I just loved her in that. Yes, and then, Rachel. Um, and then um, Scott Eastwood. I just love, I've loved him since oh, he did that one yeah. Les Sparks movie um, when he was like a cowboy. The Longest Ride. Yes. Thank you. I was oh, like yeah. trying to do that. Um, That's Sparks. my favorite movie. <laughs> um, and I just, I think they would probably have really good chemistry together. So I could see I could see her pull, pulling off, you know, the the Southern Tennessee Baker, and he could pull off the, you know, tech mogul. I'm gonna tell you right now, though, the guy who plays Dex is good looking too. He is, yes. But I was like, I don't want to totally rip off their cast, right? Oh God, I know, but I, oh my God, and I'll be, he could oh. be, he could be, he could be Nathan's best friend. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. Okay. Okay. I see you. My thing That's is very true. I I also love Kate Hudson, right? I adore her in everything. And I my favorite movie of all time, because it has two of the most most attractive people, I think, as the main characters, is Fool's Gold. Have you guys ever seen this? Got Matthew McConaughey. McConaughey and Kate Hudson, yeah. Oh my god. When I tell it's I when I tell you it's like my favorite movie of the whole world. Like it's literally my favorite movie ever. I love those two. So Summon Borrowed is probably one of my favorites because I think Kate does such a great job playing Darcy. Yes. So I was so bummed they never made the the next one. Oh, same. (laughs) Especially since they like teased it at the end. I don't even want to talk about it. It made me so mad. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) It made me so angry. Okay. So um, is that your last reading question, Stevie? Yes, you're up with your writing question. All right, so I am taking over, um, asking a few questions about writing. So when did you first realize that you wanted to be an author? So I'm kind of probably one of the one only authors that never, ever dreamed of becoming an author. I was not a fan of English class. I never took like creative writing or anything like that, but I was a very avid re- reader. Mm-hmm. He used to be one of these people that could read, you know, three, 400 books a year. Um, and then one day, so my husband works shift work and when he works nights, I used to get horrible insomnia and like, I'd be up to like three or four o'clock in the morning, just couldn't sleep. And that's why I'd read, watch TV, whatever. And one day, like this story, like these characters just kind of like came to me and I was like, why are you in my head? You know, like, and I kept like, but I would wake, I would wake up with complete scenes, dialogue, everything, like as if I had just lived the scene like as a you know a fly on the wall and I just kept like pushing it away pushing it away like I'm like I'm not a writer I'm not gonna sit down and write this like and it was you know like one day I can remember like a pivotal part of that storyline like you know got to go in when to get in the shower and all of a sudden it was like light bulb moment like that piece came and I was like oh okay you know and so I just kept putting it off well then um I used to be really involved in a mom's organization called MOPS 
And one of the years, one of the months there, they did this like challenge thing and they um, had challenged people that if there was ever that thing that you'd been thinking about and like anything from, you know, going and getting a tattoo you wanted or going skydiving or setting a goal for yourself immediately and then giving yourself this big reward. Um, and that was kind of like, I don't know, I, I went home from that meeting and like, then my husband went in to rotate like his nights. And I just literally pulled my laptop out, sat down, was watching TV and just started typing. And I thought, okay, maybe if I just like type it, maybe it'll like get out of my head and quit waking me up every night. Yeah. Uh, and like, I wish I could type as fast as I typed that night all the time because <laughs> it's like three hours. I typed, I did like 10,000 words. It was crazy. Um, that's epic. My fingers were just flying. And I wrote the first, I don't know, I think it was the first few chapters. And then I reached out to a couple um, author, now friends um, that, you know, are self-published. And I was like, hey, would you just read this and tell me what you think of it? And both of them were like, keep going, please. We want more. And um, that was my debut novel, Tempting Tessa. I wrote it in 22 days. And I never looked back. That's just, epic keep going. <laughs> I actually really like that. I mean, I think it's a very unique story as to how you came to writing. So, I mean, I, I, I like that it's different than like, you know, the, I had a dream and then followed yeah. the, dream, the dream. That's cool. So yeah. are you a plotter, a pantser or like, so I really like, cause I, I've always only heard people be like plotter or pantser. So I've always said like, I'm a pantser, but I really like this planster. Cause like, because I write series, my books are somewhat, you know, I have to be organized in the sense of taking notes so that I don't like contradict myself in one book to the other, yeah. but I don't outline. I, in um, a few, maybe like a year ago or so now, um, I started sprinting with some uh, new like sprint group. And one of the things that one of the girls in there does is before she sits down to write, she'll like kind of do like, even sometimes just like a one word or, or a one sentence line of like what each chapter is kind of going to be. And some, sometimes there's a couple of sentences, but yeah. just this little tiny thing that way she doesn't like squirrel, you know, um, and she stays focused and doesn't lose her place. And I started doing that and it has helped tremendously. So I'm not one of these people. I mean, I understand some people need, you know, a 10,000 word outline, but to me, I'd rather put that time and energy and words actually into my manuscript. Yeah. Um, and I also write real, relatively fast. But when you look at like, if you took a calendar and you keep track of like all the times that I write a book, I have a lot of like big, like 5,000, 10,000, you know, 8,000 word days. And then a few like, you know, 500 or maybe a thousand. But a lot of times my books are written in just huge chunks because that's the time that I have, because I still work, I work a full-time day job, plus I have kids that are both play hockey, and so that takes up a lot of my time. I've gotten very good at writing at practice on my iPad. I write, in, like, in the car when we're on road trips, everything, I love um, and so I just utilize, and then mainly, like, I'll sit down at night after my kids go to bed and write until I can't keep my eyes open anymore, and then when I'm, like, majorly on deadline, I'll be like, okay, I'm shutting my office door, forget I'm here. <laughs> You know, so, um, but so yeah, I really like that planster because I have some plans. Like I know, you know, point, I know the beginning and like, I might know like 
point A, point B, point C, but I don't necessarily know what's in the middle of those, or I might know like the beginning and how like the end, because you know, it's romance, they're gonna get together, right? Exactly. But I sometimes don't know the whole middle. Um, and I truly try to just listen to the characters and let them tell their story. Like, I don't want to force anything on them, if that makes sense. I love that. So my question for you is, what software do you use to write in? Oh, goodness. Here she goes. Word. Oh. Um, I, I do not use any of this, like, specialty, you know, writing programs. And mainly because I do 90 five percent of my writing from my ipad and i just have a bluetooth keyboard and i can write in the word app and it syncs to my OneDrive, and then i can pull it up on my computer um so yeah it, it works for me for me and i've looked at like down or kind of looked at like what is screen screen, <laughs> that's the um, program she's going to try to sell you on <laughs> oh i love scrivener and i don't know i just I, I just, Word has worked for me the entire time. And, you know, like, I know you can export because like, you know, my editors all use Word yeah. and all that kind of stuff. So, um, and I write in order. So I am not somebody that will like write a chapter and then go back to the beginning. Like if I have a scene that will not leave me alone, I might write it in and like type it out in another document. But one of the reasons is because I try to alternate, like, because I do dual point of view and I try really hard to make every other, you know, like one chapter from the female, the next from the male, I try not to have two in a row. Sometimes it just is the way it has to work for the flow of the book or whatnot. But sometimes I might not know what scene, whose point of view that's going to be in. Yeah. Um, obviously there's some scenes that have to be in one character or another's point of view, but. Um, but yeah, so I am very much, and I know, so I know that that, that one, you, you know, you have like each thing as its own chapter and you can drag and drop and stuff. But yes, I am very much a word person. And it works I don't very trust well. Word. I don't trust Microsoft Word because if my computer crashes and I haven't saved it, it will take away everything I have worked on and Scrivener updates my doc as I write. Like, so if my last word was read and my computer died or it crashed or something mm -hmm. then when I opened it back the software backup the last word that I am gonna have is red so I don't trust word <laughs> at all and yep. Scrivener, I don't do like the dragging and dropping where like each chapter mm -hmm. is its own thing I keep it all in one manuscript but mm -hmm. I have like my outline I have like my characters my setting my places I have all of my front matter in a place like it just keeps my ADHD brain very organized and it's very just aesthetically pleasing. But I mean, you sound really comfortable with words, so I'm not going to try and sell it to you. But I'm just saying, if you ever just I figured it's, it's worked for 20 bucks for me so far. So don't, well, bro don't break what's not broken, right? Or don't get If you decide to switch and change it up, come to me and I'll, I'll tell you all about Scrivener. So. Do you have any interesting writing quirks when you are when you sit down to write? Like, do you eat Twizzlers? Like, you have to have a certain drink? Like, anything like that? Um, so, uh, Starbucks fuels my uh, my writing. Oh, yeah. um, I, I don't. I'm not very far usually from a Starbucks, and then water. I'm kind of boring. I don't drink coffee. Um, sometimes I'll snack, um, and I kind of go and like you know, just grab whatever chips or 
and not like it has to be this item or whatnot. Um, before COVID, I would write a lot from Starbucks. So I would just go sit there all day. A lot um, of authors have said that. Um, and I, I really do hope, I mean, soon maybe we'll be able to do that again, but um, I've gotten good about, you know, obviously having to write from home <laughs> and stuff more. And it helps, you know, kids are of ages that they can, for the most part, entertain themselves. Yeah. Um, if I tell them, okay, mom's got to write, pretend I'm not here. Um, and only come to me if you, you know, you're bleeding or whatnot. If you're bleeding. I very much am a creature of habit. So I think this, I think, have we had anybody answer this question with something that they do besides me? I don't think so. Because I'm very much a creature of habit. And I think it's because of, so I think it's because of like my mental issues. (laughs) I, I think like, cause when I wake up, so like I'll wake up, I'll get ready for the day. I'll do all of my cleaning so that brain's not worried about the dishes in the sink. Like I'll do all of that. I'll sit down, I'll have like my drink and then I'll keep, so I wear the same hoodie. Okay, so listen, I wash it, mind you. Let me just (laughs) clarify, I wash it. But depending on like the book, like every book I've ever wrote, I've wore like the same, like a different hoodie for each, but the same one throughout the whole writing process, right? So I'll come into my office, right? And it's like, I slip it on and it's like, I'm slipping on this majestic writing cloak. Like I'm, I'm putting on all the words when I put it on. And then as soon as I'm done writing, I'll take it off and I'll put it in my office. And then like, obviously I'll wash it like every two days or something like that, you know? And yeah, so I'm just very much a creature of habit because when I do that, it's like, I'm telling my brain like, Hey, you're writing, like, this is what you're doing. And I try only to write in my office and I try only to write in here and I fail miserably at not eating in here. But I just try to like make my brain think like when I walk into my office that it's like, okay, we're going to work. Like we have to write today. And it usually works for me, but I think I'm the only freaking person who has to have like a specific thing in order to get shit done. I think Nikki Ash is the only other person who has said that she has, that the only place she can ever write is in a Starbucks. Yeah. And during COVID, she struggled very much (laughs) to not get any writing done. I guess I do. I cannot write if it's like dead silent. So I'll put music on low. Um, if I'm not sort of come at your buds in and I just turn on, you know, Apple music and just put it on a station. So sometimes it's super low, but I just need that to like, and I use our, own, like if I'm at home, sometimes I'll turn the TV on. I got to the point where if I had the TV on, even if it was slow in the background, I'd get distracted. Yeah. And I start watching the TV. So I, typically go by music and then I love to sprint with friends um that keeps me like accountable I I guess maybe like accountable like then I don't get on these like oh well let me just go you know google this and then you fall down or you know you oh I'm just gonna look at one one thing on TikTok and three hours later you know (laughs) you're you're still there (laughs) of TikTok um, sprinting too I'm getting to the point where I'm really enjoying sprinting uh, I'm sprinting with our friend Kat recently because we're writing at the same time and we have like a little group of author friends but it seems that none of us are all on the same schedule at the same time so me and Kat are writing right now and like K-Money is getting ready to release a book and JC's almost done with hers so we sprint at different times it's just 
very stressful. All right, so what I have found that if my my sprinting groups are not, um, if nobody's like on or writing at the same time, um, are you in the group that's called um, Write 10K in a Day Challenge Group? It um, Laura Parrish um, runs it. She's one half of Kennedy Fox. And occasionally she goes live and does live sprints where she's on um, that, um, oh, um, what is it? The, it's that one program that you can use with Facebook that allows you to be live and like show comments and like, cause she can be live on both YouTube and Same Facebook yard. at the same time. It's probably yeah, yeah, same yard. Same yard. Yep. Um, but what I'll do is if, cause she, she hasn't done very many lately, um, but they're all saved on her YouTube channel. So I'll just go pull up one on her YouTube channel and fast forward, you know, all the time that she's talking before she gets going and then just do the sprints. Cause it's just, I don't know, just like tricks my brain into thinking, okay, you have, you know, 25 minutes, get as many words as you can. Um, and then once again, like, you know, between the sprints, she'll pause and talk, you know, and read comments and things like that. And then they'll start again. So I'll just sometimes go pull up those and put them on in the background. But I love the group because the other cool thing, if you're not in it, is if you, any day of the month, if you get 10K in a day, then you can fill out her little form and she'll send you, my green screen is, she sends you these cute little stickers that, and she has a different one for every month. And this year she even added, if you hit 50,000, she used to only do 50,000 for nano, but then she started doing 50,000 every month. And I know in 2021, like if you hit a half a million, there's going to be a special sticker and like- In a day? In a, in the year. Oh shit. I was about to be like, holy no. mother of God. The 10K is a day, is in a day. So if you do 10K in a day and then the 50K is in a month oh. and the half a million or the million would be in a year. Oh, Lady, I can do 50K easy in a month. Oh my God. Yeah, yeah and almost every month I end up with a 10K day. So actually since she started, I have I have earned every 10K sticker because it's like that motivation. Sometimes it's like, oh, I gotta get my 10K so I can get my sticker. You know, it's like it. kind of funny what we, what, you know, inspires us, right? Or, or keeps us going. Exactly. Um, very rarely do I, well, sometimes she just, like I said, just this year, she started the 50K every month, but. I love the group there are people and you can just post in there hey anybody ready want to sprint and um, i'm gonna have to do so that i have to do it okay yeah. so what yeah. does your family think about your writing and have they read any of your books so i'm very lucky that um any family that i've ever like i i can't think of any family member that has been like you write books like you know like something yeah. especially because i write like and i am very clear and upfront like I understand if romance is, you know, I don't want somebody to read it just because I wrote it. Like if it's their genre, then fine. Like here, have, you know, have a copy of it. Um, but my mother-in-law has read some of them. Um, oh, there's the puppy tail. Um, and, uh, um, but my sisters have read, some of them have read some of them. Um, my husband used to read all of my books. Um, so he was working shift work and then when he got done, he, so he'd read them when he was working nights. And then um, when he switched to a job that he was only working days, then he kind of lost that time to read. Now he's back to shift work. So I, I was joking with him not too long ago. I'm like, you got a lot of books to catch up with. <laughs> so, um, but uh, but he, actually he will, like if I hit like 
a spot and I'm like, I don't know, I don't know what to do. Or if he has picked um, one of one of my Eagles books, he picked the title because I was like struggling. And so I like told him all of the basis and stuff. And he's like, how about this? I'm trying to remember which one it was. Um, but yeah, so he's, he's helpful. Um, my kids think, you know, my kids are always trying to peddle my books to their teachers. Um, We've had a couple they, authors that have that happen. <laughs> they're not so happy that I won't let them read them, but um, my kids are only 12 and eight. So, you know, they don't need to be reading the books Monty writes. So, um, yeah, um, but yeah, they're, everyone has been very, you know, supportive and um, like my dad is so me, he's like, I think it's amazing that I have an author for a daughter, you know, so, um, but, uh, but yeah, so, um, and then one last, no, not last, the summer before COVID, um, we went to a family reunion for my mother-in-law's side of the family, and I had met some people that I had never met, and my husband and I have been married for like 16 years, so, you know, like distant relatives, and there was a couple of cool things that happened at that reunion. One, there was like one of his like long lot or not long, but like you know second or third cousin somebody super removed and we were talking and somehow we got it into um books and she had read me she had no idea who I was you know and I I read under a pen name um and she had no idea I was but she started telling me about my own book oh my god <laughs> I love that really awesome and then um his uncle whose house this um was actually my husband's second, um, it's my mother-in-law's uncle. Um, and he's this, you know, 90 something year old guy. And he was a English professor um, at a, one of the colleges somewhere in the Chicago area for many years and taught freshman English. Um, and so he was like, you should send me one of your books and I'll tell you what I think about it. And I'm like, oh no, sir. very <laughs> So I got home and I was like, you think I should send him one? And my husband's like, why not? So I sent it him one. And like three weeks later, he sent me back this really neat letter and told me, and he's like, I really enjoyed your book and like told me all this amazing things about it. So I was like, holy Sweet. shit, you've got bigger balls than I do. I will never. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, thank you. <laughs> I would have never sent that. Oh my god, I would have never. I would and, give my ninety-year-old uncle a heart attack if he read my books. But well, I've I've been warned that he's one of these like ninety-something-year-olds that you know is still active. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, oh yeah. I know it was like, but I, I don't think I could have done it if I was like, they like, you know, like I mailed it to him. I don't live, you know, live a few hours away. So I, I didn't have to be there when he was reading it kind of a thing. Cause yeah, I think that would be kind of weird, but yeah. I mean, it was, you know, it was a fun experience and um, I've only ever sent him the one. I'm sure if I sent him more, he'd tell me what his thoughts are on those, but I just sent him one. And You are a lot cooler than I am. <laughs> I wouldn't have done it. However, that is my last writing question for you. So I'm going to let Stevie take reading questions and uh, we're just going to keep on moving. We're just a trucking along. So what attracts you to a book, the cover, the blurb or a recommendation? All of those. Um, so obviously I say I'm pretty much a creature of habit. I very much like contemporary romance. 
um, and I'll get on kicks. So like, I might go on like, you know, I want cowboys. So I'll be like searching for every cowboy book. Um, or I might go on like a single parent kick. And so sometimes I'll like, you know, ask for specific recommendations or whatnot. But um, obviously like sometimes depending on the author, like if I've read them, whether I'm like, you know, when I was on the big cowboy kick, I just read like one of Kennedy Fox's and then I just read them all. Like I didn't need to even read the blurb. I just- I mean, they got the right, the brothers and then they got the Circle B Ranch. And once again, that kind of goes to like, I love series because I like that. Okay, you know, you get to know these people and then you find, you know, you get their stories and, and then, you know, so you get like the individual arcs, but then you kind of get this like, you know, arc that goes across to all of them. And like, you know, you just get to know these characters a little bit more and you get to your favorites, things like that. Um, and so, yeah, but obviously like, I'm, you know, try not to, too much to try to, um, judge a book by its cover but obviously you know there are some covers that you're like wow I'm gonna buy that book just because of the cover exactly. and um but I also and I know this is one of your other questions but I might kind of sneak it in here um I don't typically buy paperbacks so of course how much do you really see the cover on an ebook right so like, yeah. that's why it doesn't super bother me but um I'm actually more of an audio listener than I am a reader these days Ooh. and some of that comes into the fact that I can sit here. So I work from home. I have long for like 10 years. So COVID wasn't an issue with my day job, but um, so I'm home and normally I'm home alone. Not right now. Um, but so like, I just would sit here and listen to audiobooks all day. I still do. I just put an earbud in. Um, but because I can do that and still do my day job. And I even like cooking, cleaning. Um, if I'm not writing when I'm at my school, kids like practices and stuff I'll be listening to an audio book um because it kind of got to the point where um I felt like if I was reading I should be writing a yeah. lot of time and so but I still obviously want to consume books and so I I love audio and I love the what um narrators bring to a book it's just kind of that other you know it's kind of like a, a book being made into a movie it's kind of like if you go back to lyrics love it's you know what that music video brings to the lyrics you know it's yeah. just kind of you know you have a if you have a really good narrator that just brings that character that much more to life um so I, love it. I love I love love audio so I I I was actually I, I keep track of like all my audio all my you know books and stuff and like last month I read two books but I listened to like 10 audio books so I try, I'm trying to get on this audiobook kick. I really am, but I just don't, and I don't think I've ever been. I just don't think that I get the full picture when I'm listening. I really genuinely love to like absorb the words. The one thing that helped me when I first got into audio is I would listen to books I had already read. Mm-hmm. So that way I already knew the, the story. I already knew the plot. And so, you know, if I'm kind of zoned out and missed something, it wasn't the end of the world or I just go rewind. But now I obviously can't do that because I just primarily listen. But um, I've always been able to multitask like that. So um, I, I don't miss a lot. But if I notice that I'm like zoning out and I'm like, oh, what's going on? I'll just stop and like rewind um, and come back to it. And sometimes I'll be like, okay, I'm just not in a listen. You know, I'm not absorbing this book. So I'll just stop and come back to it, you know. 
an hour later or the next day or whatever the case may be. I don't um, know. I don't think it's like multitasking for me. I think it's more of like I've always been like, for example, in school, you could like stand mm-hmm. up in like you could be a teacher and you could like lecture me all day right you could show me powerpoints you can do whatever you Mm -hmm. want but I'm not gonna get it and then if you slide the textbook in front of me and you're like oh if you want more detail read chapters one through four bro I'll come back and I'm an expert because I learned it by reading it and that's how I absorb things audio is not and audio just is not for everyone and I I get that just like you know reading a print book isn't for any everyone now with how easy ebooks are so yeah um but my I would say I mean not that I don't like to read but I just was kind of getting to this point of like I, I was almost feeling guilty if I was reading because I'm yeah. like well, if I'm reading I should be writing you know and um and I'm like but I could still consume books if I can listen to them all day long you know so <laughs> um so that's kind of where I got and then I just fell in love with certain certain narrators and then so that kind of even plays into your question here about like book cover blurb um I found books and authors because of a narrator that narrated one of their books because I have my favorite narrators and so sometimes I'll just go search audible for like because you can search by the narrator yeah and you can see everything that they have listed that they've narrated and I've found numerous books that way so um so yeah so that's another fun way to find books if you like audio I love it I love it um who were some of your favorite authors to read um so some of my favorites I absolutely love Kate Canterbury her Walsh series is um one of my absolute favorite Riley is mine I just claiming him um (laughs) and um Kaylee Ryan I've read I think every single book she's ever released same Uh, (laughs) you know love her stuff um, C.C. Monroe, Aurora Rose Reynolds, um, people like um, Serena Bowen and um, Samantha Whiskey. Um, I knew I should have written these down because I'm like, I'm going to get there now. Blank on um, people that I read all the time. Um, Catherine Gale. Um, oh, but a new author that I just recently found like I've heard I've known of her I just had never read any of her books and actually my PAPAs for her um is Ali Martinez and I read her um uh, one of her duets um it's a little on the it's not like brand brand new hold on I'll pull up because I'm blanking on um what duet it is but um I like I I couldn't get enough of it it was amazing um oh and I've been binging Claire Kingsley's stuff um oh uh, written with regret and written with you by Ali Martinez amazing they were amazing and they were I don't use they're not like dark but they're dark they have, they, yeah they are dark um, and I don't usually read dark I don't usually listen to dark but oh my, they just like sucked me in and I couldn't listen to them fast enough um so dark uh, romance is my shiitake mushrooms and onions there you go i've been um, claire kingsley too have you read her dirty martini running club books no so i started with um the the winery the brothers the one she then, did with lucy score 
No, um, like um, broken miles for oh, okay. miles, yeah, the miles, the reckless miles, miles, those ones, and then um, I just literally this morning finished protect. Uh, no, yeah, protecting you, fight. No, fighting us. So the first, then like, because you know, in that one, um, there's a character that's introduced, and then she kicks off another series mm-hmm. um, that like kind of interconnects, and that's protecting you and fighting for us. So, and that's a duet. And then, um, let me go to my phone. Um, Cause then today I started unraveling him, which is like the third book in that series. So I, I figured I'll eventually end up through all of her books. I just started. The Dirty Martini Running Club is so good. It's so funny. Yeah. So, um, and then somebody else that is kind of new, that was newer to me was Kim Lorraine. I like blew through all of her books not too long ago. Um, that was when I was really looking for cowboy books and stuff because she's got her whole um, cowboy series. But um, yeah, I just kind of stay with and you know, a lot of contemporary romance. I, but those are some of my like, definitely Kate and Kaylee and stuff are ones that I usually don't uh, even uh, read the blurb. I just buy them. Nope. <laughs> Literally same. the same thing. So. I literally will buy everything Kaylee Ryan writes at this point. Yeah. I just, uh, like two days ago, I actually, one of the two books I read last month and I finished it just the other day was her new, the Forever After All. Uh-huh. Wait until you read, uh, have you read any of the um, Mason Crake books for that series? I have not. So have Perfect not Embrace comes out, I think, in a week and a half. And that mm-hmm. is her book in Mason Creek. And it is amazing. And this was so all fan-voted. Do I have to have read the other ones? No. They are all written as standalones. And they're interconnected. So you can read them. And you'll recognize some of the, like, the owners of the shops and stuff like that that they visit. But they're all standalones. Um, the only one that is connected. And if you, like Kaylee Ryan, Lacey Black is yeah. obviously her writing partner for a lot of things. Um, Lacey does Kaylee's character's sister okay so both of them kind of go hand in hand you don't have to read it that way but they come out one after another so okay Kaylee's is first and hers was entirely fan voted she posted all the polls in her reader group and let her fans vote the characters from eye color to hair color to yes I remember seeing all those yeah and it is such a good story I was bawling like a baby by the end of it (laughs) yeah okay I have not read those, but I think that I'm, I'm probably going to need to. <laughs> start um, with Beyond the Bases. I'm telling you now, Beyond the Bases is the best one to start with. I like and she just announced that that is, se- is going to be into a series. Nope, she's doing Pais- Paisley, Peyton, and Parker's story. And Paisley is up first, and Parker and Peyton's story will be out beginning of next year. I just, I like darker stuff, so it's harder for me to get into things that aren't like that, but I'm going to try it for Stevie. For Stevie right. and for you, Samantha, I shall try it. Okay. Um, so moving on, this is sadly the last portion of our podcast, but it is our favorite portion of the podcast. It is trope questions. So <laughs> what is your favorite trope to write and why? Um, I, I default a lot to friends to lovers, and I think it's just because it's easy, maybe, like, for, you know, like, it's so easy to have that, like, history, and then, like, that build-up and stuff, but not that, you know, like, insta-love isn't, or, you know, like, chance meeting, whatever you want to call it, 
Um, but I just love a good like friends to lovers. Um, but I also really like writing kind of going back to that. I like writing little kids. Um, so like single parents, I think that adds just that other element. And of course, you know, single dads is a very hot trope. Um, yes, it is. But I do have a sing. I have a single mom book and I will have another single mom book next year. Um, so, you know, show some love to the, to the women too. Um, but uh, yeah, so those are I also of- have a single mother book that I forget that I have sometimes. Like, <laughs> I genuinely, no, no, no. The thing is, like, I don't forget that she's a mom. I just forget that that's a trope. Oh, like, yeah. so when I'm marketing it, right, I'm like, okay, I got a bad boy, plays for the NHL. I'm like, we got a, we got a dancer lady. And then I'm like, shit, she's a parent too. I was like, damn, I got a single mom. Yeah. Play that up. Yep. So, so I love that. All right, Stevie, next question. What is one trope you would eventually like to write and why? Um, I would love, I love MM books and I'd love to write one. I just don't know that I could ever pull it off. In my PA keeps telling me I'm not allowed to, but um, I don't know if, I don't know how well my readers would take to an MM book. I know some of them look, because you know, some of them are in a lot of the same groups I'm in, but yeah. um, I just, that that feels like one of those things that like stay in your lane like you know I don't have any gay friends that I could like go and ask the like specific questions that I would need to be able to ask to write a book like that but I love reading them but um just go befriend Misty Walker she'll help you it's fine Misty <laughs> Walker and Kay Webster they got their whole MM series <laughs> that's true so um so I don't know maybe one day but um I think that would kind of like I would love to but I don't know if I ever would, so we'll see. I, first, I love MM. Those, that's my jam. I like those. So um, I would read them. Um, what is one trope that you will never write and why? I like paranormal just because it doesn't, um, like, I just have no desire to read it. So if I, I figure if it's not something that I'd be willing to read, I, I don't think I have, I should write it. Yeah just not my jam i get it i get it i get it all right stevie you take the last one if you were in a book what trope would you want for your story small town friends to lovers oh yeah oh, that's a new one it is it is iconic i love it i love yeah. it we see a lot of enemies to lovers when we ask that question <laughs> Wall. yeah me and it's kind of my my husband and I have my sister-in-law and I were actually kind of talking about this um, when we were on vacation and um so I will have been married 16 years oh congratulations in October and thank you um and um both her and her husband and then my husband and I we kind of lived a lot of our hard years before we got married so my husband, we'd only been dating for about eight months and he was in a head-on car accident um, that almost killed him. And he was on a ventilator and on my, you know, on life support and in the hospital for a long time. And I slept on a chair next to his bed for all those days. And um, so, and I was like his, basically his living um, nurse for months while he was recovering and I took him to all of his appointments and everything like that so we kind of lived through those like in sickness and in health days before we were even married and so everything after that has kind of been 
a breeze, very easy. And so you know, I, I look at our, our life kind of like, you know, as this book, like, you know, if, if we were a plot of a book, like, you know, our dark moment came early and then everything else has kind of been, you know, not that we haven't had, you know, it, things, but comparatively to how life was before we were married, everything has been fairly smooth since then. So, um, and it's just, you know, a lot of people don't go through that or would have made it through what we went through. Cause um, I mean, I, I had a doctor look at both me and my now mother-in-law and tell us to kiss my husband goodbye. Cause they didn't think he'd make it through surgery. So, Oh my God, that's terrible. Yeah, so yeah, that, that doctor was not very kind. Um, so glad but, that he's okay though. Yes. So he's, yeah, he, 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 like I said, he went through a lot and it took him 10 months to be able to return to work. And he was, he was in the hospital for a month and he, yeah, it was a long recovery. Um, and he still has less, like he has a titanium rod in his leg and, um, he had a lot of, he had a lot of broken bones, <laughs> a lot of, oh my goodness. but, um, I went through it. He went through it. Yeah. I call him my titanium husband. Cause he's got three plates and 18 screws in his arm and a titanium rod in his leg and sort of stuff but no he does not set off metal detectors people ask him that a lot so <laughs> I love that all right so that is sadly our last question for the podcast however we leave this little space for you to tell readers about an upcoming book or a sale that you have and tell people where to reach you so the floor is yours all right well obviously yesterday so this will air on Friday yep. um with my newest release nothing but love and it is book one in a series um that can totally be read without the rest, any other books in the series having been written yet. But, um, and then in the upcoming sales, I know that um, Just Say Yes, which is the book, first book in my Indianapolis Eagle series um, is going, Apple um, picked it as a, one of their romance um, books for in August. So it'll, they'll be putting it on sale sometime in August. Um, otherwise you can pick it up for 99 cents on any retailer. Um, and the final book in that series releases the end of September. Um, but I've got some other fun new things that'll be announced kind of in that book and at the end of that book of what will come next um, for my hockey, because obviously hockey is a huge part of my life and I um, don't plan on ever stop writing hockey at this point, but I've got a new team coming and a new series coming. I just don't have all of the final details to announce anything today, but. <laughs> Um, they will be announced by the time that book is released. So, um, and then you can find me, I'm on all the major social media, you know, Facebook, Instagram, or probably my two, two most like ones that I go on a lot, um, getting more and more on, on TikTok. Um, and I don't usually go on Twitter. I do have an account, but I'm not on there very <laughs> often. Um, and then my website is just samanthalyn.com. Super easy to find. Um, and then I do have, um, a signed paperback store on Etsy, which is Smantlin Books. So, which you can find links on my website or any of my social. Um, and then my reader group is Samantha Lynn's Alpha Loving Ladies. I'd love to have you come join and hang out with us. We got a good little group in there. And um, I try to, you know, post fun things in there and games and giveaways and all that good reader group stuff. So those are my main platforms. I think I covered them all. 
All right. Thank you so much for joining us. You've been so amazing and this has been great. Uh, we hope that you have a great day, but uh, thank you for coming on. Thank you so much for having me.